You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot some. I can't Welcome back, Pints and Provisions Podcast. We're here at Industry Brewing in Peoria. Uh, to my left is Ryan. Thanks up, for Evan? coming back. Absolutely. And to my uh, right, I think that's my right, I is Mark. So. Yeah. Long time no see, buddy. Hey, glad to be here. Still <laughs> but, alive. Yeah, yeah. We made it through that last Long one. Long time Chicago. listener, first time caller, Mark Barrick. <laughs> 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 We're sitting here with Brian Buss, who is the brewer, head brewer here at Industry. Uh, which, if you are a Peoria local, used to be the space occupied by Peoria Brewing Company, but now has been revamped, redone uh, in a way that I think that a lot more people have been coming by, so that's a good thing. Probably over a year now, right? Yep, yep. Uh, December will be one year for us. Okay. Oh, nice. There we go. Yep. Good timing. So good year for Peoria Craft Beer, to be quite honest. Yes. Um, so we'll kind of get into more of that, but as we always like to do, we'll do beers of the week. So, Ryan, why don't you go first? Yeah, last weekend I had Morning Delight uh, 2018 by Toppling Goliath. So that would be batch five, um, 12% imperial stout with maple syrup and espresso. Uh, it was super thick, uh, just tremendous amount of maple syrup sweetness, but then there was a nice coffee balance, but uh, the like a milk chocolate base. I mean, it was uh, not, not barrel aged, but they get plenty of thickness coming through just on that base stout and it was delicious. And those are 12 ounces now? 12 ounce bottles? No, this was a 22 ounce. So they went back to? They did a 12 ounce for batch four. I think that was the only one. Yeah. So one, well, they the batch one was 12 ounce, then they went 22 oh, okay. for batch two and three. Okay. And <laughs> uh, I think now their bombers are here to stay for uh, the new facility. Okay. Yeah. Well, they got it figured out. Okay. Brian, you go ahead. Um. Mm. I, I actually had a classic. I had uh, Narwhal from oh. uh, Sierra Nevada. Ooh, yeah. that is um, a classic. You know, it just really in the, I was in the mood. It was uh, like one of the 40 degree nights we had. And mm-hmm. I didn't want hops or anything light. I just wanted something nice and big. And Narwhal to me is just a classic. It's one of those that is just kind of, it's, I mean, it's still a relatively new beer. By that, I mean, it's not even a decade old, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But just a nice relatively cheap imperial stout you know that uh, kind of warms you up classic style it is yeah. it really Always is consistent yeah. too. do they, they still do come out with that, that annually uh so. yeah, yeah yeah i got i think okay. the six pack i got was 2018 i think i stashed a four pack um away a handful of years ago and there might be one or two still in my cellar hmm. it could be nice. kind of interesting it may, may not age well it may not it may but we'll see yeah. maybe we'll have to crack that uh, good choice all right mark well i'm gonna piggyback off of the 
the last episode. So Saturday night, we, we cracked the barrel-aged Braxis, which was Boom. unbelievable. It was uh, 17, uh, just a uh, great mouthfeel. Um, had, it wasn't super boozy. I was expecting it to be a little bit boozier, but not too yeah. bad. And During uh, episode 31. 31. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. and uh, just nice cinnamon, and it was obviously just well done. It was amazing. Yeah. No, it was a, that was a good one. I was going to choose one from our night on Saturday, but I decided to go a different route because the next couple nights as I was in Chicago downtown going around, nothing will satisfy you more than having fresh zombie dust. Uh, so we went over to Lone Wolf, which is in that area town. What mm-hmm. is that called? Uh, West Loop. Uh, uh, West Loop. West Loop. Yeah. Yep. And after right we had... Ran- what's that, Randolph? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right after dinner, I was like, all right, guys, we're going over there because I know they have you know, fresh three Floyds yep. and holy cow. It was funny because as I'm sitting there with a couple other guys drinking some really fresh three Floyds, all of a sudden all the line workers or line chefs and stuff from all the local restaurants start pouring in because there wasn't a soul in there. And every single one of them was ordering Schlitz. They were drinking awesome. cans of Schlitz <laughs> and probably shots of Malort. That, that Malort. <laughs> After work, and I'm like, well, what about all this, like, three Floyds on the, on the oh. menu? And none of them were going for it. They, hmm. That's that's my brothers right there. That's, that's, <laughs> those were my guys. Is, uh, is perfect for the theme of, of Lone Wolf, too. That mm-hmm. just, it's just oh, yeah. fitting. Yeah. Because don't they have the uh, kind of the old school glasses? Yep. Kind of like what we have here. The old, um, uh, I don't even know what they're they called. They kind of look like Lambic glasses, but they're bigger. So, yeah. 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 They're... Uh, trying to remember I, I can't think of the name off the top of my head but yeah they're that that bar is a classic bar I, yeah. I like that place a lot and the for me the west loop is probably the best neighborhood in chicago for the culinary and like drinks oh yeah like yeah, yeah. S- speaking of culinary and west loop yes did you happen to make the uh, publican anniversary with the lacritia meats i didn't oh, um I, although I, I wanted to live vicariously through you and so a little Looks like you're rubbing it in. No, a little piece of me just died right now. I, I mean, so. I did. I did have dinner at Girl and the Goat, which was okay. pretty amazing. Right. Yeah. And they had um, Brooklyn Sriracha Ace in bottles, so I pretty much just hummed with that all night long. Awesome. So that was good. Nice. Yeah, as Stephanie Izzard Publican was was there. She was working. <sighs> she wasn't just barking orders. She was working. Really, which was amazing. It's kind of fun to see. So I she wasn't afraid to ju- d- did dive you, in. Did you tell her you were a Top Chef fan? Uh, I, <laughs> nah, I bet I, everyone does. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but that was cool. Um, so, Brian, you mentioned this has been open since December. So you're looking at about a year coming up next month. Yep. Um, we all have a very, very colorful um, mm-hmm. palette here spectrum. Um, yep. of your beers. And so I suppose, as tradition, we can kind of start from light to dark. Yep, that's kind of the way I lined it up. And I kind of gave, uh, because based on talking to you, what you guys have already had, and I kind of want to give, because uh, we know, I mean, our flagship beer being No Call, No Show, um, our New England-style pale ale. I mean, that's that's the big trend in the industry now. So we, you know, it's be dumb not to try to follow suit, but Smart. also right. put out a put out a really good beer, you know, which right. I, I think we do. But I wanted to give some of our other beers, especially now that we're getting into our winter months. Um, first one I got up is actually a, a little pilot batch that we did. It's a... Uh, a saison uh, with a, a, a blend of a few different yeasts along with some uh, oats and Vienna malt to kind of give it a little bit slicker mouthfeel. I love saisons. Comes in at about six and a half percent, so not 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 super boozy, but you know not uh, not not too light. And I will tell you that the New England IPA that you guys have, no call, no show, is it's it's fairly universally available at most. You know, bars and pubs around here. Yeah, yeah. So we're in a lot of bars and uh, uh, bars and restaurants. Um, about the only place we're really not in yet is Kroger's. 
Um, that is really difficult to try to get into uh, because that is corporate controlled from just about yeah, the top sure. down. Yeah. Um, but Fire Tux, um, Hy-Vee, uh, Hy-Vee, yeah, Schnooks, uh, UFS, um, just about every other place in town, um, uh, liquor store wise and grocery store wise. But always on tap, it's always so much better. That's you know? true. So it is, is, it is. It is on tap. So if you're in Peoria, and I see that a lot of times when we're out, and you you see people that are in that are from out of town that are in town for whatever you know for a concert or you know a game or whatever. Um, you know, I kind of pay attention to what other people are ordering, and yep. and they see that and they gravitate towards. Oh, I want something local. Boom. And of course, the no call, no show, being you know all the craze. Uh, it seems like a lot of people are ordering that. So you know, it's it. It may sound a little selfish, but it is kind of an important card to play. You know, always try to push the local. Always try to push. You know, some local made here. You know, yeah, exactly. Say. Drink local. You know, yeah. it's it's to, it's it's becoming a more important thing in this industry because, to me, craft beer is getting more localized and sort of backing away from the national following. There's only, I mean, we've all seen the the brewery closures that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you gotta always try to kind of push more of a local aspect and. You know, hopefully it stays that way. You know, yeah. let let some of the bigger breweries go, but you know, for the most part, try to try to drink local. Yeah, even when you go to Friar Tuck and some of our local stores um, around here, it seems like the Midwest region, Chicago, Michigan uh, beer scene is kind of overtaking all the shelves. So, um, you know, whereas I don't know Sierra Nevada, Lagunitas, some of the really big big breweries probably would have taken a good. 50% or so of the shelf space, um, you know, mm-hmm. even just maybe two years ago, it seems like right. now and now more and more, um, a lot of that shelf space is getting consumed more and more from, you know, shorts and, uh, and definitely the, the industry stuff and yeah, just about stuff drawing and a blank here, but there's quite a few that, um, tri- popping triptych, up and yeah, triptychs making a big splash triptych definitely uh, in founders the, in the Midwest. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's nice to see, I mean, even, you know, local still is, uh, Michigan and, and nearby places too. Well, and I think that with and as i said at least in the past year now i've moved here five years ago so i might be the shortest tenured purian here um the offerings in terms of local craft beers was pretty slim pickings um but now over the past year with you guys you've got uh bearded owl you have better bars i think too i mean you've got the fox that's a staple mm-hmm. um now downtown you got tannins and hops yep. which has great beer offerings poor Ta- brothers is doing a great job poor as well. brothers yep. continues to do a great job and they're in a completely little different pocket here yep. in peoria and yep. they, they are so focused on local and small batch stuff where that's what people i think are gravitating more yep. towards and it's their business model like that it, it's so unconventional it's what great. they're doing mm-hmm. and i mean alongside like you know, the, the, bar, the I feel like the bar brings the people in, but when they get in and see the wall, that's what really intrigues people. Yeah. You know, not to mention it's probably one of the best live music venues in Peoria. And they it's usually free. Yes, square, exactly. Yeah. If, if that's the thing. You don't I have mean, to pay the cover charge or anything like that. Yeah. It's great. I mean, you know, they're going to they're going to make that money off their bar. You know, there's I was there one night uh, last year for Chicago Farmer, and I think they had to go out and buy an additional 60 cases of beer. It's a good problem because to have. That's yeah. a really good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Know? And those guys, and we've, we've sat down and got to talk to them too, they are so committed. Guys like us, just like us, who want the freshest thing, um, something different, uh, always available. And they also, and I've said this before, do a really good job of making sure like wives – uh, significant others or non-craft beer people are also happy while trying to get them to try it. Actually, so. down at the uh, Champagne location, they've added wine 
and uh, a lot of ciders on on draft as well just yeah. to nice try to get everybody in the door so it's a cool concept and, and what i've heard time and time again from a lot of people is the better all of y'all do craft beer wise or the is the is you know when downtown does better you do better when you do better they do better absolutely and yep. so you want yeah. competition down the street so i don't yeah. know what puree has down the pike but love to see uh, love to see more competition because it just gives us all more choices. Oh, absolutely. Know? Yeah, that's and I I mean Nick and I down at Bearded Owl have had this talk and you know even several of my friends that are, you know, cuz uh, Brian down at Tansops is a friend of mine and uh-huh. you know like there's, you know, it's not competitive. It's we're compatriots, you know, yeah. like we're we're working together on stuff. You know, it's not just this, you know, oh, I'm pulling in more business. You know, that little region downtown where you got 8-Bit, you got Tans and Hops, you got Bearded Alley, you got Time, like Kelleher's, that's a pl- that's a place to go. You mm-hmm. know, you got foot traffic going all over the place. Like, you know, they've, they've really done a good job down there. Yeah, I was down there today at the new CXT location um, getting a cup of coffee, and uh, there's, I, I don't know how old the building is, but one of the older buildings, it's probably four or five stories high that kind of takes up one of the corners right uh, north of time. Um, they're renovating that into looks like apartments and so Winkler uh, building. The Winkler meets is that what building. It is? Yeah. So it's just like adding more growth down there will draw more people down to Bearded Owl and Time and Eight Bit and just going to keep going. Tannin Hops and every you know Rodell's and everything down else. Yeah. South of that street, yeah. There's just a bustle of activity. There's buildings being renovated as we speak. And getting growth in the areas that yeah. have good, you know, fresh local beer and things like that is is great for yeah. where for where people are going to be, you know, drawn to. But when I don't want to when I don't want to drive all the way downtown from Dunlap, it's good that this place <laughs> is open because yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. a far drive, and you need yeah. that. You need because there are a ton of people just like me out in this neck of the woods yeah. that need. And trust me, they come here. Uh, I just ran into one of them coming in. You know, so it's good to see that uh, they're going to be different locations too. It'll just hopefully bring more businesses here. For sure. So, so I was going to say, let's talk about the beer. Let's, let's be see sure. how we get off on these conversations. Yeah, I was trying to pace myself so we could talk no, about I, a little bit of everyone's I, just, I don't finish I just slammed that. So. It. Oh, yeah. it was good. I, I yeah, they, and that's why, you know, like I said, th- this was a small pilot batch that we did for our Halloween party. We had a little bit left over. Like I said, I mean, for me, I love a good Saison. Always have. Saison Dupont still the gold medal. Oh, for yeah, me. we just um, talked about that a couple episodes ago. <laughs> but uh, You can really taste that Vienna malt in this. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a nice, clean recipe. I'm, I'm particularly a fan of, of good dry beers. I don't like, like... I mean, obviously, you get into, like, Imperial Stouts and Barley Wines. They're going to be a little thick, a little syrupy, you know, which is cool. Me, most of the time, though, you know, I want to be able to take a drink, enjoy it for a few seconds, I want it to be gone. Yeah. I, I want to be able, I want to go back in for another drink. Right. You know, to me, that's a hallmark of a good beer. If I'm if I want to come back in for another drink, you know, it's too cloyingly sweet, too bitter. Like, yeah, you know, I'm for sure I'm, I'm very much even keel on most avenues of my life. I give me right down the middle. Yeah. You know? So with that, you said you used a few yeast strains and this is a home brewer asking mm-hmm. a brewer okay. regarding yeast. I get a little Belgian. Is that mostly a Belgian? Uh, yeah, yeast it's uh, it was. Uh, uh, so we got the yeast from Omega. We actually get a lot of our yeast from Omega uh, out of Chicago. Shout out to Lance Shaner. Me and him actually went to high school together. <laughs> cool. Um, but we actually used uh, their uh, their Belgian. I believe it was their Belgian strain and then one of their proprietary strains. OK. Um, and you can figure out on their website which one that is. Pretty, yeah. cool. pretty, pretty easy to spot. But uh, yeah. I, I actually use their proprietary proprietary strain um as a home brewer before and i i really liked what it gave um his his yeast they're they're great attenuators they're you know they they really do a good job fermenting and you know depending upon how you control your temperatures you know if you want it drier i tend to like spicier saisons a little yeah. bit more and not not just the fruity punchy in the face type of uh, estery yeah. stuff so 
like like to do it a little more on the spicy side. And I, I like where this one came out. Yeah. Is this uh, did this come from a homebrew recipe that you had, or did you devise it recently? Or uh, we devised it recently. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It, uh, so we're kind of we're kind of touching on your past history of being a homebrewer. Can mm-hmm. you elaborate on that a little bit more? Sure. Uh, yeah. Just kind of how you got from maybe homebrewing in your garage to head brewer at this place. You know, I kind of started out um, like a lot of homebrewers did, just making extract kits on my stove. Um, and actually, before we get to that, this is our double IPA, the okay. beer up next. So it's about 8% alcohol. Um, it uses a lot of Simcoe and Centennial hops in it. So it's a, it's a, it's a little bit more mellow. It's not going to be the strong tropical citrus like Citra or Amarillo. I or love Mosaic, Simcoe. Like yeah. that. I love it. Yeah, Simcoe. Simcoe, Simcoe to and me is a very not used enough. Hop. I love it. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, a friend of mine actually got me uh, started in it. And, um, you know, if, if, if it clicks in you, it can be a rabbit hole to go down um and you know because i i went from you know five gallon or actually three gallon boils on my stovetop to a 15 gallon all grain system currently in my basement you know i i, I homebrewed for about eight years um wow. yeah and just kind of you know test i i only did a few kits before i got the itch to do my own recipes and just kind of you know fail a lot before mm-hmm. i started hitting where the the good spots were depending upon the style and even had a few explosions happen in my house and <laughs> some ceilings and walls to clean wow. but uh, <laughs> even lost a stereo receiver in the in the <laughs> meantime um but no i uh you know i was uh, kind of working a job i've i've worked in it and engineering for about 17 years now and i just kind of happened to be in the right time right place uh drinking beer with the gm at time and mm-hmm. he kind of told me what they were doing uh with this uh when travis had opened up the restaurant with uh, Fiori brewing company yeah um and you know the stars just kind of aligned you know it was the right situation i was not happy in my job uh, i was a software development project manager so it's about as yeah. fun as it sounds. Um, <laughs> but no, it was uh, me and me and Travis got together and talked. And, you know, like I said, it was it seemed like a pretty good marriage. And so far we've been going pretty well. You know, he's I guy he gave, he's given me pretty good autonomy uh, to kind of develop some stuff with some input on what the, they would like to see um, coming out of the brew house. But uh, no, it's it's been a pretty good run so far. You know, I was one of those that got cocky enough after I won a few gold medals in a local term, local competition <laughs> to think, yeah, I can do this, you know, so. Did, but, you, uh, did you find some growing pains with uh, a oh, larger abs- system uh, and everything? It's, it's was an it a, a pretty big change? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, and, and that was the biggest thing, you know, it, you know, I, obviously it's been a year, so now the system's just muscle memory to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can make it really do whatever I wanted to. In the beginning, it was one of those things like I was almost afraid to touch a lever um, until I talked to the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what this does. You know, it's it's different when you're going from 15 gallons to 15 barrels. It's 15 because because now you're not talking 50, 50 bucks in a batch, you're talking $1,500 yeah, in a right. batch, you know. So you tend to be a little bit careful and, sure. and, you know, try to be as sure as possible when you're doing that. Because nobody wants this because that, you know, theoretically that could be worth almost, you know, eight to $10,000 revenue right. for right. you. You know, so when, it, sure. when it becomes, when, when dollars and cents start coming into play, you, you tend to be a little bit more careful and a little bit more thoughtful about what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. You so know? where's your, what's your pilot system then? Do you have that here? Yeah, yeah. So we have a 20-gallon. Uh, pilot oh. system from uh, Blickman. Um, it was, I mean, all the, all the equipment we got was left, was bought from uh, Pure Burn. Okay, so, okay. Um, yeah, we uh, we just kind of started um, doing that in the beginning and just um, kind of doing, you know, what did a lot of a lot of water experiments. Water is pretty crucial. 
um, when it comes to brewing. So, you know, we went through a lot of tests and just kind of, you know, found where some sweet spots were to hit the, at least hit the basic numbers that we knew we needed to hit uh, during the brewing process. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for that magic uh, Illinois river water. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the magic right there. Yeah. Yeah. So you tested that out on the 20 gallon system to match what you had going on with the 15 barrel. Yeah. We, I mean, you know, to some extent or or whatever. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can be off a little bit you know, uh, either, either direction. Um, it's harder to, uh, add than it is subtract. Um, especially when it comes to water profiles. So yeah, when we were cut, like we were actually, and, and we weren't even doing 20 gallon, like experiments, we were doing one gallon mash experiments just to tell us where the pH was mm-hmm. like okay. find that starting point. We had a water test ran to find out what our mineral content was. Like we, we, we really wanted to do this right. So it's like, you know, if you're going to make good beer, you need to know everything that's in it. From the water profile to the type of malts you're using, hops you're using, how old the hops are. I mean, you know, go top to bottom and figure out what's in there. That, that's where you're going to get your best beer from. Yeah, and then you'll be able to, and, you know, I kind of, like efficiencies, you'll know this system's mm-hmm. different from your 15 home brew to your 20 Absolutely. pilot. And you can kind of adjust from there. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it's just like riding a bigger bike. It, it is. You know, I've, <laughs> I've often told somebody because... Our system is kind of integrated in certain standpoint uh, circumstances. So, like our keg washer hooks to the side of our brew kettle, and we uh, uh, wash kegs that way. And I've I've told everybody that helps. I said as long as you're not looking or opening a valve that's looking at you, you'll be fine. <laughs> now, whether or not you're sending the liquid where you want to, different story. You know you. Because it's it's a very it's it's a it's a very well made system. Our manufacturer is actually in Rockford, uh, Illinois, uh, Crawford Brew Works. You guys ever make it up there? Go see them. Okay. Oh yeah, I've heard they, that. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 really good dudes. Uh, um, shout out to my guy Keith up there. He was a gigantic help to me in in uh, just kind of learning this because I was completely green coming into this. So, um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 a re- it's been a really great system to me. I, I think it's produced pretty good beer for us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I definitely recommend them. Awesome. Um, and then you guys have gotten to the point where, you know, you get a little bit of easy distribution, at least through his restaurants in sure. town. So it's just like, all right, yeah. easy. Like I got kegs at these locations at his restaurants. And then how did, how did you feel about, I mean, that's gotta be a big step to get cans out there, start distributing because what you'll hear from a lot of smaller craft breweries that don't do that model, they just do the taproom model is then you kind of lose control. And so you've got to be the one you know trusting the distributor to be putting out products keeping products and how uh how how, how long ago did you see a can of captain tony's on the uh, shelf still this week <laughs> so in the store know, how how is that is the how's that been going or how is that from the standpoint of I someone mean, who brews beer so like we we did actually just buy our own canning line yeah. um uh, uh it's it's been i mean been okay yeah you know like it's it's one of the, it's another piece of equipment to learn um especially like you know with, with, with any brewery size you know it, it needs to fit your business model mm-hmm. you know and obviously uh, us buying an existing brewery we knew we had to distribute you know like we we our tap room was never going to be able to go through enough beer to just you know satisfy in because that's so a big system it's 15 barrel system yeah. you know and you know on any given day you know especially when you have eight to nine beers on tap like we do you're only going to go through so much in a week. And mm-hmm. we knew that our growth pattern was eventually going to lead us into a package market because it's cans, especially 16 ounce cans, you know, unless your revolution is kind of where the, the market yeah. is right yeah. now, you know, it all comes down to branding. It comes down to, uh, uh you know, uh, 
a, a brand awareness market approach you know you you kind of got to look at all these and you know when you you know when you're in a tap room and just to throw random numbers out there these are not you know because i'm i'm a, a, you know, I, I don't have direct access to, <laughs> to the numbers i'm gonna um, write these down so we can but, post them later yeah. but you know uh, let's let's say a, a glass that could take cost me a buck to make you know, I'm gonna sell it over the tap room for five bucks. There's my margin on that. Now I got now it's got to cover all my overhead. You know that shrinks a lot when you go to a a, mm-hmm. a, a, distribu- a distribution model. Yep. You know, but you're gonna be able to push a lot more beer out there mm-hmm. doing that, and especially when you want to not just be in draft, but you want to be in that grocery aisle. You want to be in the bar in the can. You know, so it it kind of became important to us that you know we we need to be able to do that ourselves because we I mean we are sent I mean we weren't making any money you mm-hmm. know doing the 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 mobile route but it was more cost effective at the time sure. so you know you kind of take a look at your business model and say where do we want to go with this well we want to go all in on it we we want to be able to do this ourselves and you know make it a, obviously we want to make money we're in a business to make money sure. you yeah. know so we got to watch out and see what's going to be more profitable Brian what What's your reach with your distribution? What, like, what kind of radius are we talking here? So right now, we obviously, we're in Peoria. Um, we are in Bloomington as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are on the Illinois side of the Quad Cities. Okay. Um, we've done a few festivals up there and did, uh, we went to Burgala in Bloomington, which was a great festival. Oh, cool. Uh, to go to. So, and we're just trying to get, you know, like I said, with the, we, we just got our canning line where we're slowly getting that into a functional state to where we can start ripping off cases every time we, you know, we brew, because obviously no call. You know, mm-hmm. th- those cans for us are going pretty well every time we get them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just w- once we start getting into a normal uh, rotation of getting, you know, 40, 50 cases out the door every time, not, then we'll start expanding a little bit more. You know, we okay. want to we I mean, we, we want to stay in Illinois, obviously, right now, because the distributor we work with uh, works throughout Illinois. So that that saves uh, some time and money for us. Um, but it's a big market. You know, Illinois, you know, obviously, besides going in Chicago, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity sure in the state to uh to get our beers out there do you notice um you know any kind of balance uh being able to meet demand of the distributor you know because that's a pretty good size radius at this point with the size brew house that you have or is it a pretty good balance right now or when i meet the demand i'll let you know okay um <laughs> okay <laughs> no no so that's I, a good problem to have yeah if you're no, not. no it is it is you know because you know as as an expand as a growing expanding brewery you know, when you, as soon as you break into a market, you, you can always, you know, what they say, best laid plans go out the door as soon as you step on the battlefield. Right. As soon as we step on the battlefield, the terms change. Yep. You know, we can always try to uh, guess our, make our guess be- best guess, rather, um, to try to figure out what the demand is going to be. You know, fortunately, it's always turned out to be more uh, than what we've planned for. It's good. It's but, great. You know. Mm-hmm just means we got to brew more beer and we got to you know get more cans more kegs you know more more of everything out there mm-hmm. so. what's your current brew schedule like do you like how many times a week do you think you're probably going through your system well i mean only with four four tanks uh we 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 are at a little bit of a bottleneck right now mm-hmm. um you know we'll probably brew um this last sunday i actually brewed an anniversary beer uh that'll be on tap cool. uh, for our anniversary uh Sneak peek, it's, a little, it's an imperial stout. We're going to have vanilla, cinnamon, and some peppers in it. Boom. Um, yes. There we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> we actually just did a little taste because it's fermenting really nice, and it's tasting and you, pretty and you, well. And you're going to do a party for that? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're going to plan a little something for that. Um, oh, cool. 
But um, no, I mean, and that's part of the challenge too, is, you know, with the tank space, we got to be really careful because the, the, the one thing you don't want to do in this business is obviously commit, and really in any business is commit to something you can't fulfill, sure. mm-hmm. you know, so that's where we got to watch, you know, no call, obviously being our biggest distribution beer, happy hours, uh, not a distant second, but not a close second. You know, there's a lot of, because what we wanted to do with the Kolsch was actually create that kind of uh, entry level beer for non craft beer drinkers right. mm-hmm. you know for the people that come in here that have never had craft beer it's the first thing we give them you know? it's a good and style sure. to start it, with exactly and you give them a, a overly beer. hoppy new england yeah. style or whatever yeah. they'll say it's too sweet and they'll never yeah. come back give or, them exactly. a, give or them you a, give them a double ipa and they say it's too bitter what the heck is this and yeah. they'll never come back yeah. you know yeah. so it's that edu- is education it's a good, is paramount it's a good gateway yeah. yeah it's the gateway beer yeah when i i worked at a uh i actually i worked at a bartender at a craft brewery and before I started medical school and the first thing that they always told us was if someone comes in and wants to order a Bud Light which they had you know you give them this beer you give them it right next to their Bud Light that way they still have their Bud Light but they get a chance to try that and he said more often than not you'll switch them to get a pint of that too well and it's that's a really interesting subject to go into um, just because you know education but also tends to be an attitude sometimes you know come from the other side of the bar you know when people are really just kind of looking for something and you know how people interact and i I always use my my cousin's husband as a prime example of this we went uh brewery hopping through um uh wisconsin uh back before uh ale asylum actually moved into their nice big uh, Mm -hmm. spot next to the great dan airport um we went in there one day because he knew i loved craft beer and it was just me and him hanging out and um, he even looked at me. He goes, you know, I, I probably know the answer to this, but do you have Bush Light? And the guy was like, no, but we do have this Blondale. Pretty light, not very bitter, not a whole lot of, of anything. Give it a shot. And he sat there and had three pints of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't so much the beer, but it was also the interaction of getting yeah. him, you yeah. know, making him comfortable enough. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll give that. Now, granted, as soon as we got back to his house, he cracked a Bush Light open. But for that moment in time. Sure. You know, he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll drink this, you know, because people don't know stuff like that's available. Right. You know, it's it, they 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 they, you know, our industry gets stereotyped a lot, you know, and unfortunately. So to put it lightly. Oh, I yeah. Guess, you know. Neck beards, <laughs> neck beards and pumpkin peach ales. And, oh, I lost it at my Beachwood. Around every year for the uh, right around Super Bowl uh, a few years ago, and Budweiser put out that stupid ad campaign. I, we talked about that oh last, God, on our last week. recording. I, I tend not to get too involved, but when there's a, a gross misrepresentation of what we do, oh, that just oh, that hurts. Yeah, me. that you're right. That is that is a very good phrase for that. Is a, it was a gross misrepresentation of like, like since they owned the company. That was putting out the pumpkin ale, or they had just bought the pump. I can't even remember. Shipyard? They, they, no, so they bought they bought Elysian Brewery. Oh, Elysian. Elysian, that's right. Elysian. And we were right. Unbeknownst to them, they had two pumpkin peach ales yeah. in their portfolio. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> and it was why, the time of year that those were kind of being advertised heavily. And exactly, just, like, why is mergers and acquisitions not talking to marketing? Like, right. talk I, to yourself. I you just know no, I have a I have a very very good feeling that they know exactly what they're doing, and it was mm-hmm. very well calculated. Oh sure. Oh, very absolutely. well calculated. Calculated. Because well, they can sort of play both, both hands. Yeah. Well, and I even said like the irony side of it too. Because they'll 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 piss off craft beer drinkers, which they own some of them. And unless you know every single brewer, every single beer that you find on the shelf, which who owns what, mm-hmm. you may never know. But yeah. then they're also em- emboldening 
all the you know domestic beer drinkers and saying like, yeah, that stuff sucks. Yeah, yeah. So they were sort of playing both hands. I think it was very well. I think it was well done by them as a big beer company. <laughs> oh sure, yeah. And you don't have yeah. to like it as because we're and it doesn't have to be true, right? You know, like it doesn't. But they knew, one of the things, they knew what they were doing. Well, and one of the visuals they had was like for some reason you know they tried to equate brewing beer uh, the same thing as forging iron. Yeah. It's right. like if you see sparks oh, yeah. during a brewing process, shut it down. Yeah, like immediately like, kill power to the building. You have a problem. <laughs> they didn't show enough people cleaning. That's <laughs> right. what they did. Yes, do. Yeah. and that's the thing. I mean, we we are glamour. We are glorified janitors. <laughs> that is what we are. You know, the actual brewing process. Yeah. You know, on, now granted, our system takes about seven eight hours. Well, I take it back. The the anniversary beer took me about twelve hours. Wow. That largely is the 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 grunt of the work, though. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, I'm cleaning kegs and cleaning fermenters and cleaning tanks. Like, we. It's an important job, yeah. but yeah. There's all, there's that meme that goes around. It's like you know what my friends think I do, and yeah. it's just a kegger, and my, you know same thing with my folks, and like what I think I do, and I'm standing in front of a bunch of barrels and just admiring, <laughs> and it's like what I actually do. I'm just cleaning. Yeah, like, I'm that's, just cleaning. that's really what I do. <laughs> Yeah. When, well, when they come over to my house to brew, I make them do the cleaning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, anybody so. that comes over and, like, guest brews, like, okay, your turn to clean the mash <laughs> It's a collaboration. Nick, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what Nick and PJ uh, made us do. Made us yeah. uh, <laughs> feel very, very excited to help clean. PJ sat there all day with just uh, <laughs> uh, a just smile a on big, his face. We figured out quickly that, that that was intended, and they yeah. really enjoyed that. But that was yeah. good. They, they deserved, they deserved yeah. it for that day. So they needed a break, I, told, yeah. I told those guys after I brewed this anniversary beer, I said I never – actually, yeah, I ran into PJ the other night. I said I I never want to hear you guys ever complain about having to clean out that mash done. I was like, our our, our anniversary stat was over two thousand pounds of grain. Oh, wow. What do you I, so? What do you guys do with your spent grains? We have a couple farmers. Cool. Uh, actually, one of them, uh, um, one of them actually gets our grains too. Yeah. Um, so uh, plus we got another. Uh, we got. Two livestock farmers plus an organic farmer Perfect. Uh, that we give them to. Does, so. yeah. does your system have a, uh, an internal rake in yes, it? Yes, it does. You, okay. Yeah. That probably helps a little on, bit. On, yeah. on the anniversary beer, not so much. 2,000 um, pounds. Wow. It, it felt yeah. like it was uh, like digging into clay, yeah. uh, trying to get that out. But uh, for the most part, yeah, the, the rake helps because our beers can be anywhere, you know, a half of Weizen, you know, maybe 800 pounds to okay. now upwards of over 2,000 pounds. Uh, just, wow. just depends. So. Interesting. So, and you had put the adjuncts in at that point, right? So you've probably got vanilla kind of sticking to things and making well, it, so all of that combined makes it a little bit harder, the, right? The vanilla is not actually going to go until secondary. Okay. Um, we added the peppers and cinnamon in the boil. Okay. And uh, the cinnamon, the, the bags of cinnamon actually sunk to the bottom. So they they were there all oh, the way yeah. through the process. <laughs> the, uh, I had one of the old old man grabbers to get the bags of peppers out of the uh, kettle. But yeah, the, the cinnamon sticks actually sank to the bottom. Sounds, so there, there's a good... sounds amazing. There's, yeah, there's, like a, there's a good cinnamon note out. to it, so... So did you make that on the big system? Yep. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah two Exciting. two thousand eighty seven pounds I think. Jeez. Because uh, by far the biggest batch we've done. I guess that was a stupid question. You went yeah two thousand no, pounds was, uh, on a twenty twenty <laughs> gallon <laughs> beer, batch Ryan of beer. Wasn't paying attention. All right, sorry, I didn't do the math. <laughs> We're making whiskey. I didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. No, right. we are not. That's a joke. Nobody take that seriously. <laughs> Uh, what, what do we got here? Number so, three. Yeah. So number three is uh, this is our take on a red ale. I was just gonna say um, this tastes like a red so ale to me. This I I kind of wanted to go in a different direction with the, the, than a traditional red colored ale uh, that just has a little bit of, of malts to turn the color. Um, this actually has a little Rye? bit of chocolate malt in it okay. uh, to give it a little bit more rich undertones. Actually. And actually, the very first hops in this beer aren't until after the boil. 
Okay. So no boil hops in this beer, um, and then we throw a lot into the whirlpool, and we get a little bit of bitterness out of that because we're doing it at just post boil. So it's only about 30, 30 to thirty five IBUs somewhere okay. in there. Um, I was going to say you actually, definitely get a little bit of bitterness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was a little bit spice, but then I got a little nuttiness, and then yeah. now that you're saying it, I can definitely taste the chocolate yeah, malt. Yeah, I could get that chocolate. The yeah. bitterness is really nice. It balances out really well. I yeah. thought maybe you'd put a little bit of rye in here or something. But. No, I, I, something I wanted to do in the beginning, um, but I, I didn't want to muddle it with too, uh, too yeah. many uh, specialty malts because there's about three or four in here, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to muddle it up too much and make it too hard to sift through. I'm very much a traditionalist when it comes to making beers. Uh, not that I won't go outside the the, the, the uh, wheelhouse every now and again, but I want to get the basics right. You know, and I want to I want to make good drinkable beer first, and then you know if we find a recipe that we really like, we'll start to expound on it a little bit. You know, yeah. kind of play with it, add some adjuncts, and you know, and just kind of kind of play around with it. This sure. Is, this is really drinkable. This is great. Actually, yeah. this this would pair. Like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about like, man, I want this with dinner. I Thanksgiving want this, dinner. Yes, I want. It's like it's kind of like perfect for this time of year. Yeah, uh, but not so heavy that you can't eat with it. Like so, a pork chop or yeah, pork tenderloin or something. Yeah, give me a, a pork chop or even it'd go really well if, with a nice steak or something. I as was well. just about to say if I can offer mm-hmm. a suggestion. I actually yeah. had some of this with a steak one night, and yeah. man, like I'm a, I'm a New York strip kind of guy, but yeah. you know, a little bit leaner, but. It ju- it just worked really really well. Just let this guy s- reverse sear it, and then you'll be good. <laughs> oh, you know I haven't done that yet. You'll I never, don't know. If you'll I, never go back. Is it is it worth it? Yeah. So okay. Kind of <laughs> messing around with a couple of different processes. We oh. we kind of came up with um, um, just very low and slow smoking it. Not so much to like smoke it to cook it, but to sure. just infuse the smoke. Okay. And then I cranked my other grill up as high as it would go. Yes. And after that's been sitting there, just kind of infusing in the smoke. Uh, on the smoker, pull it off and and sear it. Just lock that all in and pull it off. Uh, I'm a medium uh, rare kind of guy, so uh, yeah. I mean, like you can't you can't you can't buy a steak like that in a restaurant. No, you can't. And it's true. It's fantastic. Awesome. I mean, I'll let, I'll let restaurants do a lot of things for me and a lot of things better. But I'm sorry, steak is one of those things. I just feel like I can do it better at home. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, I, and you don't have to pay the premium price. Right. Right. I, I'm, I'm not going to mention the, the no. place because it was local, <laughs> but I ordered a very expensive steak, and boy, was I disappointed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I'm, if you're going to call yourself a steakhouse, yeah. steak, yep. steak it up. Yep. Give, me, give me the goods. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I, said, and I, I was, want a hot grill. Like I want yep. boiler-type yeah. heat. Mm-hmm. You know, I want a good sear, good medium rare on the inside. Like, you know, don't give me something gray and lifeless. Like, yep. no, I, I'm very disappointed. Yeah, this yeah. is kind of this is a food beer. This is oh, food for beer. sure, yeah. This would pair very well. So, actually, on that topic, are there some favorites of uh, a beer pairings and food pairings that uh, you know, like that you like personally, or something that you guys have kind of worked on? You know, with the restaurant and the brewery together. Um, for, I mean, we we have actually infused a few of our beers into uh, some of our barbecue sauces. Um, that we so we used uh, when uh, standard was on tap. Um, we had a uh, a standard barbecue sauce, but we also had our, our peanut butter stout. Uh, yep. We actually mixed that in some of our barbecue sauce for our okay. wings, and Ooh. really good. I mean, it's for the sweeter for the sweeter style. Um, not much heat, not much of anything mm-hmm. else, but it was nice, kind of real silky smooth, but rich at the same time. Um, personally, I think hops go with cheese. 
Like if you give me a good, good, good hoppy beer and some cheese, like I'm, I'm IPA happy I, beer cheese soup or dip or whatever yeah. is terrific. But he, but even for me, just like a slice of cheddar and just a oh hoppy beer. oh pairing, like, yeah, 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 because it's you got rich on one side, dry on the other. For sure, on the other, it's a good balance. And yeah, for me, it just I I, I love that that pairing. All right, our southern foodie contributor to the podcast will now be tasked with the the. Um, or he'll be he'll be given the task uh, to do a beer an IPA pairing with cheese now because he we did a charcuterie and he oh, was just like yes. all he took care of it he just like he knows a good charcuterie you, you charcuterie know who board. you are and Brian. it was a little Brian. bit of of kind of a widespread type of uh, beers a lot of saisons that we had but then we had a little bit darker ones too that night and well I'm gonna make him do cheese I was and gonna IPA. say I was gonna say cheese IPA, and IPA and cheese and all right we'll you get on the, to, yeah. we'll get on the schedule all right. That sounds good. Because, you know, I would say go for the bigger, hoppier beers, too. Go for the zombie dust and, you know, not to pitch our no call, but those fruitier type. Because if you get the fruitier IPAs, it's just like fruit and cheese. Yeah. You know, like the, the yeah. To, yeah. You know, right. how many people have seen a fruit and cheese trade? Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, it's, it, to me, they just go for hand sure. in hand. Yeah. yeah, that's. And I don't want, I don't want anybody to can, like, forget what a real IPA tastes like. I mean. As you alluded to, that New England style IPA is going to bring people, a lot of people in because that's a style that has made a big headway yep. and has kind of made this big swell in the craft beer community. But, man, sometimes if you sit down with a good old-fashioned like pale ale, um, IPA, you know, that, that always goes still very good with food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, I always say that, you know, last night when I took the kids around trick-or-treating, what did I grab? I grabbed a New England IPA because that's sure. what's good yeah. when you walk around with the kids and, you know, you're just hanging out. But <laughs> if I want it with food, that isn't necessarily a good food beer, in my opinion. As, as good as, like, any of these. In my opinion, all four of your beers right here in front of us are probably better paired with food than, like, a New England IPA. Uh, any New England definitely. IPA. I think I, I, no I, I would agree to that. Because you're yeah. right. It's just too, yeah. way too sweet. Yeah. But you, but you know, veracity, veracity matters, you know, and it's got to be on both sides because sure. I've, had, I've been to beer dinners before where the beer absolutely overpowered yeah. the food and vice right. versa, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you have to have equal strength on both sides, you know, and you know, if, if, if you don't, yeah, it's, it's going to taste because sometimes if you have like uh, anything that's like a little sweet in a dish and you're drinking somebody's uh, sweet beer, Sometimes that'll cancel each other out, mm-hmm. right. and then you're just left with bitterness. You don't right. know. You don't know what to discern out of that. Yep. Yeah. You know. All right, I'm, I'm moving on to beer four. If you guys want to join me, I can do that. Real I took quick. a sip of that first because I wasn't sure if we were gonna. Is crack this into the coffee? Not, is this the or? coffee stout? So no. So this okay. is actually our uh, our nightcap porter. Um, pretty traditional, uh, robust porter. Uh, it's about six and a half percent. Good amount of chocolate malt in it. It's mm-hmm. a little bit roasty, uh, but not yeah. very, not too sweet, not too bitter. Uh, it's pretty dry in the finish. Dry, definitely um, dry. Th- honestly, oh. this time of year, this is one of my favorite styles of beer. Yeah. Um, just from you know, uh, going back to Deschutes Blackview Porter, like uh, just yeah. just being able to enjoy oh, yeah. just a good, a <laughs> good, good, ab- good normal porter. Yeah, it's actually it, been, it's been a while since I've had just a nice, just a just a regular porter, right? Without like adjuncts. Yeah. Careful <laughs> of adjuncts and everything. Yeah. Well, and see, and that's this great. is that's this great. is what tends to get me a little bit. And it, by no means am I throwing shade at anybody. I think if you're going to tackle a certain beer, 
show me what the base beer tastes like. Yeah. You know, show me because unfortunately beer becomes easy to cover up. Flaws become very easy to cover up. You know, throw some hops in it, throw this with it, throw whatever in it. Show me you can get a porter or a stout or a pale ale. You know, something along that I, I want to sit down and just have several of. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, not I me, mean, not several, but, you know, just something that's good, goes down easy, and I want to go back in again. You know, that's well, where – go ahead. I was going to say on uh, Steal This Beer podcast that we listened to, I think that was one of the, the things that they talk about because they're they've yeah. been in the beer industry for, I mean, 10, maybe 20 years. And, yeah. and one of the guys owns uh, Carton. Carton and brewery. he's very, and very strict on making traditional styles because he's, I just remember one of the episodes, he says, when I go into a brewery that I've never been to before, the first thing I try is a Kolsch or a, a Saison or something really light like a pale ale, just some classic style. And let me see how they do that successfully before yeah. I go into an adjunct-based stout or, you know, a New England IPA or double, or IPA, double IPA or something IPA. like that. Double dry hopped IPA. Because you can just bitter the hell out of a beer and... and Cover up, people cover up all your uh, Im- imperfections. Absolutely, yeah. So I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I think we'd get along. Uh, yeah, well, you might, you no, might get along. Because, with, yeah, when you said because you said I, you porter, know. and then you said six percent. You said nice roastiness. I think like my eyes just started like fluttering. <laughs> like I was just like this time of year and everything. Like I, that just sounds perfect. Yes, right. exactly. I really, really yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much a situational drinker, uh, and That's like good. you know, it again, like nights are getting colder. Right. You know, hops, yeah, like I, I am a hop head. That is what got me my name around Peoria. And, you know, I always try to give a shout out to Matt at the Fox because uh, he really helped me kind of get a name around town as being a home brewer. Um, but I just I just enjoy well-made, decent alcohol beers. Sure. You know, yeah. you know I, I kind of have a saying, not every beer has to be a philosophical conversation. <laughs> no. We can sit and just have some pints yeah. of whatever. Yeah. You know, we can just be one of those things like, I want to sit down and have a porter, maybe play a little cards. Yep. You know. The nose on this one is it's great. fantastic. Thank like, you. Uh, Thank you. Just I really li- and I really like the dry quality because uh, other than the Saison, the other ones had, you know, a lot of good sweet malt backbone mm-hmm. to it to support all the hops. Right. And uh, this one's got a great, like, dry right. finish, which, yep. you know, for a porter is good. And it's International Stout Day. I know this isn't a porter. Yep. Now, some people will have that philosophical conversation versus you know, stout oh, sure. porters. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to call this International Stout slash Porter Day, and we're yeah, going to get to go. and have there a. You go. And you know, I, I I am friends with a lot of beer nerds, and if they got something they're willing to share, and if they're willing to share it to me, fantastic. I will be grateful as as anybody, you know. But you know, I I just I I just enjoy that traditional, mostly traditional style beers, you know, than trying to drink something and just dissect it down and figure out, you know, for sure, what kind of malt are we using, what kind of what was our water profile. Yeah, there's time for that. Absolutely, sure. but same time. Sometimes you just want to drink a beer. Exactly. Right. Drink exactly. A beer. You know, I don't know if it's just older age getting me, but yeah, I just <laughs> no. sometimes I just want to drink a beer. You know. Yeah, it's just it's it's not a fad to drink a beer. It probably yeah. is a fad to continue to drink pastry stouts and continue to drink sure you know hazy yep. haze bombs, but you know it's not a fad to drink a good beer. So you know, seasonal no. good beer. Yeah. Well, with that being said, uh, Brian just. So obviously we all know that you know the the it thing right now in craft beer is the is the hazy juice bombs. Yeah. But do you see like um, is there any sort of trends or anything that like you kind of want to gravitate towards? Like what's the next thing like maybe that you're not doing now that you kind of you're working on in your laboratory back there? Of- Honestly, I want to get into some more session sour beers. 
cool um, yes. because I feel like that's, um, you know, obviously just dist- distill is just killing it right now. I mean, you can look at the size of their facility and right. see how well they're doing yeah, with right. that. Um, because I do feel that's an up underrepresented um, style category in the industry. You know, mm-hmm. when you, you know, you start to think about traditional sour beers, anything in Belgium, you know, Russian River, who you may not meet a bigger Russian River fanboy than myself. I worship the ground that they walk on, and hopefully I will get out to their new brewery. That new but place looks awesome. Yeah, it just opened up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Windsor, I, I did. It's like eighty-five thousand square feet. Their, their their flight paddle was like this. <laughs> their flight paddle's awesome. <laughs> I, I pounded it myself, so yes. <laughs> I'm a fanboy as well. Their, their their flight paddle is every beer they have on draft. Yes, it was amazing. <laughs> God bless them. They set yes. that down. I was like, yeah. yes. But uh, but no, I, d- I do feel like that's that's kind of becoming the next big thing because that that is where craft beer can really excel, and you know, kind of making beer that doesn't taste so beery to kind yeah. of put it into a certain perspective, but also make it flavorful and make it low alcohol. And you know, because again, going back to the stereotype thing, you know, people look at craft beer, it's like, well, it's just high alcohol imperial stouts. It's really not. You know, there there's a gigantic spectrum that you can go across and find really good beer absolutely you know, look, you know look no further than what bearded owl is doing right now i think right. they're they they are kicking butt with what they're doing you yeah know? they're uh they're five percent uh dop was a doppelbach i think it was called Who, who's um, your dunkel or dunkel dunkel yeah. Yeah, yeah, i knew it was i knew yeah. it wasn't doppelbach dunkel yeah. weiss was great yeah uh transient does their migra se- migra series it's like a 3.2 percent i don't know if it's kettle sour or oak age but just super packed with flavor and i just i just love whenever we go past there um getting a few of those because it's so easy to drink you know packed with flavor it's still kind of a sour um it's not going to give you a huge buzz and you can have a couple of them and things like that i i totally agree it's i think it's a really really under yeah underappreciated style um just kind of getting in in the game of a different style of like session beer, you know, session IPAs have been around for a couple of years now and people are into those, but a session sour, I think are terrific. I think that's the, you know, one of the biggest trends now is trying to get more flavor with less alcohol. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. And, and that's, you know, people got to realize we're not even 20% of the industry yet. Right. You know, as, Come as on. craft beers, Come on. we're getting there, you yeah. know, yeah. we, I mean, we have almost twice as many breweries operating now than before prohibition, mm-hmm. you know, so the, the, the word, the words out there, people are out there, you know, the unfortunate part is you have to trade as a business, um, yeah. so the the industry will react as it will in in that regards. But yeah, even for me, like yes, I, I would love a lower alcohol, big flavor beer that I yeah I'm not just going to have one of and want to call it a night. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes a beer does does do that, and I'm okay yeah. with that. Yep. You know, yeah. but for the most part, yeah, if I go to a beer tasting or if I have people over and I want to sample a bunch of beers. I want to sample a bunch of beers, but I don't want to be, you know, falling out of my stool. Right? Sure. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, that, that's sort of one of those things like that. That's where I feel craft beer can kind of differentiate itself a little bit, you know, kind of away from the kind of mass drinking crowd. Right? Yeah. But, you know. Well, um, yeah. Jason, who is one of the guys who helps run the uh, Champagne Poor Brothers, said the, the biggest selling items on their walls are the, the ciders. Mm-hmm. And so there's an opportunity for craft beer brewers mm-hmm. yeah. to get people to come over because with those kettle sours, those session sours, you're yeah. going to have that kind of fruity tartness that maybe a cider is going to bring and sweetness, yeah. but you'll kind of bring them over to the beer industry and that'll get more people in your tap room, more people buying your cans. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's not going to be an overnight fix. Those you know, damn to, millennials. To, to be, yeah. 
<laughs> those mustachioed <laughs> bastards. Um, no, it, it's not going to be an overnight fix to try to draw more people, uh, you know, over to our industry and just make them realize, like, yes, to the even to the hardcore macro drinker, there is a beer for you. Yep. Yeah, you know, I sure. don't know what that is. For you sure. know, sometimes you got to relate. Ask them a question or two. And this is where it comes down to education, you know. Yeah. One thing I love about Poor Brothers, obviously, you know, I've, I, I've seen them do it, um, where they will sit there and not interrogate, but they'll ask the patron a couple questions. You love know, it. Just, That's just, Phil. Fi- figure, I was going to say, I was just in there. Phil, Phil, Phil did Phil, that. Yeah. And he <laughs> I, love, I love Phil. It was Phil, a, Phil's just such a great dude. Great couple of minutes. Uh, someone came in, a, a husband and wife came in, and they'd never been there. And he said, what do you guys like? And they kind of described i think a wine and a couple beers and whatnot and he went over and got him a couple different pours and said try these and they just loved it and they said i'll take a full glass of that or whatever and yep. it was just kind of like a spark yeah. like that's terrific that it's, yeah that that's you more don't have to be snobby that, or make fun of them or yeah. call them out or anything like that like have yeah. the experience go really well and have that be part of it too the well, Phil looks intimidating he could have scared him into <laughs> yeah, it that's true no, scary. I love I love Phil. I'm he's, scared of he's, Phil. He's, yeah. <laughs> wow, Phil's a really good bartender. But no, that that is more of what our industry needs. You know, yeah. it needs more. You know, more just more knowledgeable people For that sure. can sort of na- you know kind of circumnavigate what a person you know not not to break them down too much. We're not psychologists, but you know, figure out you know do you like chocolate? Do you like coffee? You like bitter? You like sweet? And, you know. These yeah. are, what these kind are of IBUs questions. are you targeting? <laughs> <laughs> What's your target ABV? Yeah. Give you gotta, me a you one. You gotta have that like mustache translation chart. Be like, okay, if it's a curly Q, that's mid. That's mid level IBU. You, you know, yeah. you comes in with a beard. Give him the IBUs. You don't want yeah. him yeah. too deep though. You don't want the guy like in the corner sucking his thumb, being like, go to a happy place. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian, do you guys have um, like a low ABV sour in like fermenting now, or do you have one planned out? Is that what you're? We we got, we got some things planned. You're out. looking to do them. Um, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Obviously, now now that we're in the winter months, um, we're we're kind of uh, keeping. Down. We're we're going to try to keep at least half of our taps uh, with darker beers. Okay, um, and then yeah, once uh, spring summertime months. Uh, get here then yeah we'll kind of flip the script and you know our we had a hefeweizen we started making around may um that just started flying out of our tap room um people like have fights and even you oh, know myself do. after a brew day um i found myself drinking Great. a lot of Hef, absolutely you know? yeah. yep um people just love the style it's familiar it's you know yeah. widely available vine being the, the the big commercial example yep um so people can relate to it and that that's the big thing you know you you know, I always try to relate it to like what uh, uh, Sierra Nevada is. You know, people always, you know, they Sierra Nevada to me puts out really great big beers. The Ovila series and, and mm-hmm. Norwall mm-hmm. and Bigfoot. But you got to realize that's paid for by Pale Ale. Absolutely. Oh, you know? yeah. Absolutely. Like that's that, that that's no joke. Yep. Like that, you know, that's still more than 50% of their production. Yep. Founders so, is all paid for by All Day IPA. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, you, you got to keep the, you, you got to kind of keep the bread buttered a little bit. Sure. but. You, you got it, but you can't. You can't just stay in that lane. Yeah, like you've yeah. got. You've got to be willing to kind of step outside yeah. and just kind of get. You know, I haven't done a sour. Uh, honestly, it kind of makes me itch a little bit thinking about introducing a bacterial infection into my brewery, <laughs> but willing to give it a shot. Most you know. frat boys wouldn't think that's a good idea. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, no, I had no, to go that. there. But, but, but honestly, though. Uh, the fact that you're willing to do these different things and I could come in here and what's on tap tonight is maybe not what's on tap the next time I come in. That's yeah. what's going to keep coming. Uh, that's what's going to bring me back. Oh, sure. Because yeah. I want yeah. that next beer. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I love I love the classics. I love the favorites. 
but I always I'm the type of guy that wants to try the next thing. Oh sure. So yeah. No, absolutely. I, I appreciate. Mark's that. very hard to please. <laughs> well, so are the are the red ale the red ale and the porter are we drinking? Are those uh, like seasonals? Uh, or do you actually, have those on I, most I, of the time? I think Compton is is, is going to be year round. Um, Which one's that? Uh, that was number three. Okay, the red ale. Um, okay, yeah, the red ale is going to be uh, uh, the the porter uh, is going to be a seasonal for us. Okay, mm-hmm. um, Great. so yeah, you, I mean, we always want to keep at least one dark beer on again, just for the uh, that kind of multi sweeter uh, uh, sweeter sweeter beer drinker that comes through the doors that just doesn't want mm-hmm. anything sure. too hoppy, too bitter, or too light. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the great thing about craft beer to me is that there's there there really is a beer for everybody. I you totally just gotta, agree. Yep. We got we got to figure gotta out what, you, what you're down with. Yep. You know. All right now, and, sorry to cut you off, Ryan. We're gonna have to kind of kind of move things towards your ideal four pack. So everybody oh, who comes on as a first time guest, and uh, hopefully we'll see you back for more. Let us know what your ideal four pack is. Doesn't have to be a particular beer, or if you want to name a particular beer, that's great. But mm-hmm. construct a four pack that if you were on a desert island, you would enjoy. Sure. And if it's like four Russian River, you know, Pliny <laughs> the Elders, that's fine too. Okay, so you know what? I am actually going to throw Pliny the Elder into that um, because I, I Pliny the Elder is probably the single biggest influence uh, on my brewing career. Um, just. I can tell you. I can tell you the actual date. I had my first Pliny at the bar, in at Russian River Brew Pub in Santa Rosa. Cool. You know, it just it, it to me it just had an impact. You know, I, I was still kind of a you know low level home brewer, and you know I I took a drink and I got it. So Pliny would be number one in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think number two, a beer I had a lot when I was uh, kind of first getting into it was um, uh, Omegang Three Philosophers. Ooh. Nice, nice big choice. Belgian quad. Yeah. You know, nice. It's very fruity. It, it, to me, that's one of those That's one of those beers that, uh, that's a bridge beer between mm-hmm. wine and beer. Yeah. You know, it's it's got a lot of good, it's got the beer qualities, obviously, because, uh, I mean, obviously it is beer, but there's a little bit of tartness, a little bit of, uh, some people would consider as grape sweetness to it. And if you were to give that to a wine drinker, uh, I'm guaranteeing, and like I said, I, I drank a lot. Of that beer, um, boy, number number. I haven't three. had that one in a while. While you're thinking about your next one, they I come in had, four packs now, right? I have not had that in a while, and that I I, I need to I need to get that back into my life because I did really yeah. like that the last time I had it. I think it comes in four packs. That was something though. I had early on, and when I started getting into craft beer, that I really really enjoyed. It was kind of one of those first high ABV ones that I never thought I would have liked. I always kind of was like, oh, these things are too sweet and, and cherries and. Yeah, or just the sweet malt or whatever. Yeah. You just kind of thought it was always too boozy. And, yeah. We should grab one. It's like 2% Creek is blended yeah. into okay. it. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, and again, it's just, I, God, I went through so many bottles of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, number three, uh, I, I'm going to go with a classic, um, Old Rasputin. Okay. Yeah. Imperial right. Stout. You know, that, that was one of those beers that. I think really turned me on to the sort of higher alcohol, um, North uh, coast, darker beers. North yeah. Coast, but, yeah. yeah North from coast. North coast, you know, obviously I, I, I went through a really big Belgian kick when I first got into craft beer. So I was drinking quads, triples, like, mm-hmm. you know, was I, but as far well, you as you said, you've been homebrewing for eight years or 10 years or something. 2009 was when I mean, I started. back then the, by far the best beers on the market were Be- were Belgians. And that's I mean, a, yeah, outside right. of maybe Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and, right. and a few right. others, the Belgians were really the, the the best ones to get. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, so I, 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 mean, I would absolutely yeah. agree. You know, um, yeah, hops weren't really pre- uh, 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 a big force in the industry yet, and no. neither is really craft beer. You mm-hmm. know, it, from 2007 up until now, the market share has quadrupled. Wow. 2007, it was only a four percent share of the entire Crazy. market. Yeah. And yep. now we're over 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just uh, think about that growth in just 11 years. 11 years. Right. Um, so yeah, older Rasputin for me, like that, that again, that was one of those, like a bigger stout that was nice and clean to drink. It was a little bit heavier, but you know, it, it was it, for me at the time, it was just a nice, uh, easier drinking, uh, easier drinking big stout. Number four, really round this out. Dun, dun, dun. You know, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go extreme. Yes. Lindemann's Cuvée Rene. Okay. Bl- blended Ooh. Lambic. All right. I shit you. Uh, nope, sorry. Um, <laughs> Beep. <laughs> Beep. I kid you not. Um, <laughs> I boober you not. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'll just, uh, yeah, don't worry. I'll take care of that. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, it was uh, when me and my wife were dating before we got married. I had her try this beer, and she, I swear she almost broke up with me over it. It, it. it was the very first, like, hardcore Belgian sour I ever had. Like, no apologies. This oh, yeah. is what's coming out of this region in the world. Take it or leave it. And I took it. You know, it was just that it, it was so complex. There was so much going on with it that I... If I if I drank a whole bottle, I I had an earache. There was mm-hmm. so much carbonation in it, <laughs> you know. But it was it was one of those beers that just really kind of it really piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, in just the the barrel aging process and just knowing like that region of the world has been doing this for centuries. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. they like you know Germany, France, the borders, you know that that region that kind of conjoined the two countries, like. The, the, this is sort of where it started, mm-hmm. you know, and one, you know, one culture took it very conservatively. The other one took it to the extreme. Good for them. That is a great representation of what the industry for is. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, yep. you, you know, Germany is, is one of the most conservative beer cultures in the world. Belgians will take it to its limits, yeah. you know, just not, you know, they'll make, they'll, they'll make that sugary liquid and they'll they see what care. they can ferment it yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so true. Yeah, and it, it and it's done by by uh, very god loving people. Yeah, oh very. Oh yeah, the monks. Hey man, the yep. monks. They they kind of got it down. Yeah, you know, and that, especially that region of the world. Orval. That that's one of my bucket list <laughs> places to to visit is Orval. You know. That, well, let's that be honest. Heavy. The first time they did that was to totally one up or even three up the Germans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's for sure. You guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would have loved to have seen what those beer wars were like back oh, then. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. That's a fantastic four pack. Yeah. 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 Well done. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you spending the time yeah, out of your busy industry. schedule. Hey, thank uh, you guys industry uh, and for Brian. coming in. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm going to do a cheers. cheers. Uh, continue the, the Peoria beer culture. Hey, absolutely. Thanks, Brian. Thank you guys for coming yep. in. Thanks, this, Brian. This has been a lot of fun. Yep.